obviously you made a right turn because here's the wrong kind of podcast here we are friday evening eight o'clock damn near on the dot if the dot was four minutes away jeez yep i'm justin that's megan hi guys and that's yancey ahoy what is it ahoy ahoy i had a big old chocolate chip cookie earlier today Okay. I'm Chips glad I could bring that up for you. Yeah. Oh, I see. I get well, it. they was having a uh, salsa sampling at work contest, and I had to choose between that. I didn't have to choose, but I went with calories. I went with the full-on chocolate chip with the mini Hershey's kisses in it. I was a little disappointed. Sorry. So salsa. Salsa, yes. Uh-huh. And then a cookie? I didn't have the salsa. Okay. I, I went with the cookie. Okay. I understand now. The cookie wasn't free, though. The cookie uh, helped support the uh, Adam Vanderlinen trust fund. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. Yep. I'm so about to open my soda. Oh, so go sorry ahead. For the uh, live. Oh. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> yeah. So this week was pretty quiet. I mean, it really was. Just, what happens? We just kind of live, live life. Got a lot of rain. Oh, uh, that's what happened. We hunkered down. Uh, we just came back from the Baxter Springs area, and uh, to me, it looked like all the ponds over that way are full. I don't know if it's like more rain over there, mm. or they didn't pull the cork out of them yet, or not. I don't know, but they seem to be more full over there. I know that the farther west you get of here. It's really dry over that way. Oh, yeah. Hula Lake, Copan oh, Lake, yeah. they're just trickles over there. Yep. I saw pictures of Washington Cove, and you can see all those stumps out there. Just looks like land for a while. What and happens then, when the lake runs? Well, so the problem dry. is Bartlesville gets their water from Hula Lake. Mm-hmm. Where does Caney get theirs from? They get theirs from... Timber Hill. Yeah, Timber which, Hill. Which they're also, like, some of my students were saying that they're almost out of water. So it's something that like they're talking about. But Yep. I'm just curious. What happens? What do we they do? need rain. That's what we need. We need lots of damn rain, and we need it to the northeast west of here. To continuing the uh, boring weather talk here. Mm. So next week we have a pretty good chance, like Tuesday on oh, into the happened. weekend. So mm. yes, this after is, we uh, get through the nineties, Yancey Jones tomorrow. Day color weather forecast. That's right. Stay tuned on the threes and the sixes. I will be coming up with the highlight scores later. Yes. So stay yes, tuned. That's it. He'll break into all your favorite programming. That's right. Uh, also, the uh, the weekly curling report. Yes. I know, I know you'll appreciate that. Fun of curling. I love it. That's good shit. I still follow that one guy. That one guy? That guy that had the flowing locks. Oh, right. Flew behind him as he would slide. Mm-hmm. Majestic down. freedom cape. <laughs> flapping back Majestic there. freedom cape. Is that what that we're might calling be the, that these uh, days? episode That's name. That's pretty cool. Not, not too bad. Majestic Freedom Cape. I like that. Right off the bat. Uh, we got one phone call. I'm trying to write this shit down. Sorry. This is stimulating. Yes, really. It's great listening. If you're still with us. You guys could talk while I'm, you know. Why, why well, you team. said you had a You got one phone call. call. This is from our boy Lou. Here we go. Hey, this is Lou. I was calling because I had a question that's probably more of a Megan question, but Uh-oh. I don't know who else to ask. 
<laughs> and so I thought maybe you guys might have some objective input on this. And the first of the question is, why is it that the vast majority of preachers here in southeast Kansas think that baptisms don't count unless it happens in their church? What? The second thing, the second part of the question is, why is it so difficult to get churches to show any kind of interest in finding Christian rock bands to come in and play, uh, bands like Chaotic Resemblance or King James, something like that, they always seem to say, well, we have to go through the elders or we have to pray about it. We don't do that we here. We can't do this or we can't do that because we haven't vetted the bands enough. Um, this is kind of a hindrance to spreading the word of the Lord, and I'd just like to know some outside opinion about um, why things are like they are around here in southeast Kansas. Thanks. You guys have a blessed week. Bye. Megan, you I wouldn't mean, have any insight on that, would you? We have nothing to do with it. Yes. Almost like he's listened before. Uh, yeah. I think he's baiting us. I know. I feel like I'm... He's pro- right, I'm providing some content I'm a little bit. i all my... Yeah. Yeah. Chumming the waters. Just threw a grenade Funny in. you should say that, Lou. Um, well, the church thing, I'm not sure. You know, there, I we have dealt with some differences of opinion on like whether... Can I put uh, a grenade, man? Well, whether... You have to be baptized to be saved, mm-hmm. but I don't know much about the like churches saying that you have to be baptized in their church or a preacher saying that you have to be baptized in their church. I'm sure that that's a thing for some. Depends I don't know, on but, the denomination, maybe yeah. right? Yeah, I haven't um, experienced that part of it. Um, you ain't been baptized till you've been baptized by Brother Steve. <laughs> right here, right here, right. You well, got to go all the way to the bottom too. <laughs> like literally, we had a baptism at church a couple weeks ago and it was like their dad baptized them. I mean, it, because you don't have to be ordained to baptize. It just says, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father. And so anyway, so like mm-hmm. disciples go and baptize other people who are going to be disciples. Yeah, you don't I, have to be I dipped Dunkaroos thing. once. Oh, there it is. Right, go ahead. Ba- Nancy's been baptizing. I digress. As far as the, the music stuff, well, yeah, I don't know. If you have an answer for that, we would love to hear it. We've had some experience with some of that and not so much that they haven't vetted them. We really legitimately have had someone say, we don't do that here and hang up the phone. Lou's knows about I'm the name of the podcast. How, how it all got started. Yeah. Surely. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it really is difficult even in like, uh, well, wrong kind of Christian people, man. Right. So we weren't even trying to do it with a church. We were just trying to invite churches to come. We were, like reaching out to youth groups and just saying, Hey, we're bringing seventh day slumber and Zana and the protest and all like Christian bands on this um, city rock fest tour. And yeah, people just were not, um, churches weren't willing to share that out either because it's, um, you know, it's, it's rock music. It's apparently Satan gets the glory for the electronic musical instruments. Electric demons. <laughs> yes. So that was my very snarky answer. Sorry, I don't know why they why they have issues with that, but I, I wish that they would um, get over it. You know, we were talking about, uh, well, we have talked about... They should we, pull thy staff out thy ass. Well, is that too? When we had Disciple in Joplin, those guys brought in people from... Louisiana. All over the place. Yeah, Texas. We had, like, all over the place to Joplin, Missouri, because they love Disciple. And he 
stops in the middle of the show and preaches to these people. And some people who are there are not Christians. They're there because they love the rock music. So, yeah, you're right. You're missing an opportunity, churches. Yeah. We got a line of people around the building and down the alley. We did. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know. But then when we had them here in Coffee Light, people showed up. So hmm. it was on a bad day, too. I tell you what, there's something. That's, you don't do anything on a Sunday evening, and you don't do anything if it's below 55. Or over 85. Is that what it is? I don't know. Unless you're Aerosmith, and then you can charge. Oof. Yeah, big was oof. Nosebleeds or 280 bucks or something I'm like holding that. holding back on the F word. Good, good job. Wow. Good job. It was like. Very self-aware. Uh, ass loads of money. Then they can charge ass loads of money. <laughs> I, I appreciate the synonym. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because where I wanted to sit at the BOK Center, the uh, the Echo House of Tulsa, I mm. wanted to sit at a basically either 3 or 9 o'clock and, you know, around that general vicinity and bottom level. I wasn't trying to get down front, but bottom level... But about, not nosebleed. About three or nine. You yeah. Know. How much were those? Uh, those were anywhere, and I can, I can look it up now if we want, but from what I remember seeing, those were anywhere from uh, $800 to uh, $1,200. Right. So you bought us all one, and then? Yeah. Uh, right. The, one. Uh, Take turns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the nosebleed all the way in the back corner. Against the wall, uh, hundred and forty-five bucks. I mean, they're cool and all, but I don't know if they're. No, they're not that cool. To, like, legitimately, that's our house payment, our um, our insurance payment, Here it is, and right. our taxes all for <laughs> two <Here> months. <laughs> ask, ask me for any position. I hear I got it pulled up. So section two twenty-one. That's nine o'clock. Uh, if the stage is, is noon, uh, row E, $2,759. Whoa. Section 221, two tickets. I don't know where. Who's going to the show? Uh, well, row E is going to be A, B, C, D, E. I mean, like, yeah, I know, right but up like... off the floor. Uh, here we go. All the way in the back, as far away from the stage as you can possibly get. $167. This is why America Behind has the stage, a 150 dollars mm-hmm. Here you go. $87 with For behind an the unrestricted stage. view in the lobby. Behind the stage. The pit. $2,925. Sorry kids, no Christmas this year or next year. And this is Aerosmith. Your after next is uh, questionable. I mean, Come on. You know what I said and I seen that? I was like, well, I'm going to walk this way. Right on oh, out the dough. That's, that's right. Nice. That's right. Yeah. Actually, I just Well, got, maybe you could get the female uh, discount and go in there and uh, looking like a lady. Yeah. Uh, actually, I just got back in the saddle and went on back to what I was doing. Well, you know, if you go too deep in debt, you'll be living on the edge. Oh, Good yes. night. Mm-hmm. Good night. That's right. You'll have that. Sorry for all of that, guys. I, I thought about trying to earn some money by selling some of the toys no. in my attic. Jeez. Just no. 
So this is where I tell you to go to WKOPodcast.com and leave some money. It's plain and simple. Just go over there, get your PayPal account out, drop some fat cash on us, <laughs> Just continue listen to money. listen. Thank you for that. All right. You ready to move on? Sure. Megan goes first. I don't really have any notes. Oh, but Well, I guess we'll have to dream on. <laughs> okay. The whole episode is going to be... What do you call that? Um, references. Yes, reference to reference to errors. <laughs> um, I did see today that. So we've been talking about Dylan Mulvaney and been talking about him a lot this week because my daughter has had an interesting um, school assignment that has she's had to do some work on this. So, um, so legitimately researching into when he became like his transitional process, I guess. Sounds painful. Yeah. Like it's, it's interesting. Like if you're on TikTok, you can actually go back to when he was a he. I I saw a clip. still a he, by the way. You know what I mean? Just the other day, uh, I saw a clip that he was on the prices, right? So he's been trying to be famous for a while. So at first he was gay and then he was non-binary or something like that, and now he's a woman. So I'm not sure. Legitimately, uh, dude looks like a lady in that uh, linear timeline when he was on the prices, right? But he won the game, and he went over by the prizes and started doing these crazy dances and stuff. The camera did not cut away. You know how usually they oh, go to break. Wreck, yeah. They literally stayed on him for 30 seconds while he was doing all these stupid dances and everything, and running back and forth and he just wants to be famous and he's getting that well and the network gave him the time so you tell me well i mean here we are still talking about him Mm -hmm. so um the beer company what is it anheuser-busch is that yeah Yeah. so they we talked about them last week and kind of what their fallout was right like they actually have lost um what like 21 percent yeah they're down 21 percent in their but If you go to the main company's uh, stock, they're still up 23%. Well, like, because people are still yeah. drinking stuff that yeah. they don't realize is in bed. Right. They haven't heard anybody. And it's it's kind of whatever. I mean, whatever. But they are completely backing away from all of this to the point that when we saw the the next commercial. Oh, the damage control commercial. Let right. me tell you a story about a beer. With the Zach Brown band? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, you can't get any more. Yeah, like, they, they brought out me, the Clydesdales. Let me pander to this side. Um, Yeah, that is complete damage control. And yeah. come on, people. You see, you should see right through all of that. Their bottom line is their money, and they realize, oh, mess up. So... It's so funny Whatever, to see I the mean. videos online of like beer cases in a grocery store or in Walmart. You have stacks and stacks of Budweiser and Bud Light, and then the Coors section is just decimated. You know, people are even going and buying the bottom of the barrel type stuff, literally. Want instead. On the other side of that, though, like where's where's mm. Nike and all of this? Well, so hey, there's there's proof positive right there that this thing will blow over in no time. Yeah. Because remember, just talking Nike, Colin Kaepernick came out. People were, you know, and Nike came out in solidarity with him and whatnot. People were going out, burning their Nike stuff, cutting up their Nike shoes, whatever. You think Nike gives a shit? You already paid them their money. You're going out and destroying stuff that you've already bought, right? And then it blew over, and um, people are buying Nikes. I have Nikes on my feet, but I don't really buy into a lot of that crap that goes on with the boycotting and whatnot. But the only person that's really come out and 
doing anything, destroying Budweiser or whatever. I see a few videos here and there, but Kid Rock came out shooting the Budweiser and whatnot. But where where else have you really seen it? Has come out and said that Nike no longer aligns with his um, his morals. Wow, that's that's and so he's actively looking for another shoe company to take on his. You mean the Air Jordans won't be made by Nike no more? That's what he's kind of portraying out there so but he's on the edge of being i mean it's michael jordan right he's you're he's 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 getting older people don't i mean when you think of air jordans now you're usually thinking nostalgia just the brand right you know it's but, just a brand so anyway so but he did release a statement saying that they're no damn. longer aligned and that's, that's big too that's because huge he owns a lot of um a lot of stock with them and whatnot i just heard a thing today charles barkley was talking about him and jordan signed with nike at the same time Nike was going to give Barkley $4 million just to pay him for the contract, and then he'd walk away, right? Jordan was like, talk to your people first, take a million dollars from them, negotiate with Nike, take a million dollars with them, and then take like $3 million in stock options. And Barkley said that he made 10 times the money that he would have without Jordan's, you know, advice. Interesting. Another company is Ulta is still mm-hmm. dealing with Dylan Mulvaney and Tampax is still doing their thing. So like, yeah, whatever. But um, anyway, I thought it was interesting that they're <laughs> they're trying to backpedal so far and fast. And come on, it's interesting it just, that these these companies that you would think would be all about the empowerment of women mm-hmm. like Ulta and right. Tampax would distance themselves with from anybody that is telling the line of anybody transgender, you would think that they would be the ones that would stand up the most, right? For any kind of feminism or whatnot. But in my daughter's, what about your you know, opinion? You being the yeah, woman here. Well, in my daughter's speech, she's a woman and yeah. she's 15, right? So in her speech, she said, I've been a woman for 15 years, almost the exact same thing I've said before. I'm 40 years and I don't have any sponsorships. She said, Where's my advertising mm. <laughs> in her speech? So, um, so you know, even our youngsters are paying attention. And, you know, this isn't like, I talk about it here on the show. I don't, we don't focus on it in our home or household. Like, we're mm-hmm. not having all these conversations with, Same. you know what I mean? About the weirdos? Yeah. I mean, oh. like, we're not like, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so... No, we sit our children down every night and explain to them all the crazy things that have happened today and that we should be aware of. I don't really have it. It seems like there was something else I was going to talk about, and I thought, oh, I don't need to write that down. I'll remember that. And now I don't remember that. So if it comes to me later, I'll throw it out there. But I really don't have anything to talk about this week. It's been a weird, crazy week where I'm just. We're about. I don't know. I'm exhausted. Five weeks away from the WKOP camp out. Oh, by the way, if you want to go fish on a boat in Alaska for salmon and be a real swabby, get a hold of us or go to the page and look. Kristen's husband's looking for people yeah. to go to Alaska for I, like two and a half, three months. Wow. I said you leave here in a couple of weeks and then you'll be to southeast Alaska by end of June and the season runs till September. Last year, the cruise share was twenty grand. It could be less. It could be more if there's more fish. Sure. So, I mean, a couple of months of work for 20, 20 grand. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. 
It's not bad if you can figure out a way to leave for a couple months. I guess it's probably about three months in the end, probably. It's not bad money. So I guess I'll piggyback off of uh, Megan's topic. I don't want to focus too long on the transgender thing, but want to focus on it. You know, uh, we long. we have heard the stories about males going into women's sports, crushing the competition in physical feats of swimming and uh, MMA fighting, uh, running, etc. Mm-hmm. Here's a new one. A bearded man has entered a women's poker tournament and crushed the competition. In poker? Yeah. So. I mean. That doesn't really give you an advantage being a man. No, no it's just funny, though, that he was able that even to in that, join it. There's a- uh, 70-year-old poker player David Hughes gave us something uh, fun to watch last weekend. He entered a woman, women's poker tournament and decimated the competition, winning the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Showdown in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and walked away at $5,500. Megan, let me explain to you poker. Shut up. <laughs> Doing some of that transplaining. So, Tombstone. Pizza? Uh, no, that actually. Uh, <laughs> what do you want on your tombstone? Uh, tombstone is celebrating its 30 year anniversary the movie with a cast reunion it's not exactly the most star-studded uh cast reunion some of the stars include michael bain who played johnny ringo Mm -hmm. was also in the terminator uh dana wheeler nicholson who played maddie or uh joanna pacula who played um so doc Doc holidays none of the brothers are doc christopher mitchum peter shireko robert burke John Philbin. So none of the big players, no. you know, but still kind of funny that it's 30 yeah. years old now. It's in my, it's probably in my top 10. Really? Of really? Yeah. 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 I'll watch it every time it's on. Crikey. Yeah. Like it better than Wyatt Earp? Do I like it better than the movie Wyatt Earp? Yeah. 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 And I know it's an embellishment of things. It's not exactly historically accurate, but That's it's right. still a good watch. All the little one-liners and quotes in there and stuff are a good time. Here's something local. Uh, the City of Coffeeville Facebook page posted earlier that starting Monday, May 8th through Friday, June 9th, First Street from Sunflower to Linden will be closed for CVR to do curb entrances and repairs. Do you see what I said on there? There's yes. need to give that some bitch to the refinery. It hasn't there's been talks of that, I know. Why All rumors are and we whatnot, letting but... the refinery repair the road that they're just gonna keep destroying. Right. It's in the middle of the damn refinery. Yeah, I mean, there's n- nothing around there anymore. It's all refinery traffic it's all right there. All refinery. So, Nobody's all the going way from just the track to, to, to Sunflower. Right. Three I mean, traffic is Well, they may be, but they can go on down to 4th Street, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not much farther off the beaten path. I mean, why would you go down 1st Street anyway? It's like you're driving through a refinery. Mm-hmm. You guys ready for my first world problem at our grocery store here in town? Um, you know, the back way in. That they have. There's more than one. You, but I'm talking about the the back way in from 8th Street. I know what you're talking about. Yes. It's, it's now cut off. The yes. shortest street in town. So I, the other day I was like, oh, it's open. I'm going to go. And yeah, I did. It was, it, where it was, they built the sidewalk back behind where J.C. Penney's was. It's now the sidewalk. They, they yeah. don't have and that street. And it's completely yeah. closed off. Yeah. So they opened up the street, though, the other day, and they closed it off at the building. So I didn't see the road close sign at the building because yeah, it was dark. Yeah, I'm not dark. sure why the street's even well, open anymore. So I I was so excited. Did you drive on the sidewalk? Because I didn't have sidewalk? to drive. No. 
but that's I gonna happen. legitimately well, considered it. Not going to lie. Here's the thing. Whenever they open that sidewalk, they'll have to tear that street up right there because people are going to want to go that way. And even right. if they put bollards up or a guardrail or something, people are, why would you even have that little stretch of street? It's like 100 feet long. That's what I'm saying. Like, why, so why have that open? When the sidewalk opens, they'll have to destroy that that section. I don't understand why or, they you know, did it. Whatever. Let us yeah. continue to. I don't know why it bothers me so much to drive the extra right up there to uh whatever yeah. that next street is yeah. no, no not even like it's it, like literally a there's right. like what a building or two in between it's where the uh one road to the next chinese I'm food truck like, is now where color yes. tracks used to be back in the uh, day you're driving that big giant uh for some reason urban assault vehicle drives me crazy just drive right over that shit i just want to sneak in the back way and that's it Go ahead, Yancey. Here's more local news. Go ahead, <laughs> So the uh, really cool, the Model A Ford Club was in town today. It was, was that was so really neat to see. If you want to see pictures of that, the Coffeyville Area Chamber of Commerce Facebook page they posted up some some pictures there. They were parked downtown. I guess they were at the Brown Mansion also earlier today. Yeah, I heard so, them on the radio. They were pretty cool. Yeah. Here's here's something. So you know, 3D printing has become a big thing. We've yes. been through 3D printing just about everything. We've been through the the ghost gun scare and Obama trying to pass legislation or force through executive orders to ban, you know, 3D printed guns, whatnot. Here's the newest thing. Uh, a new kind of fish to fry. This comes from, uh, oh, my, I'm going to butcher this, Rehovot, Israel. I know that uh, somebody out there, especially my Jewish friends, are going to uh, rake me over the coals for that. So the uh, this is coming from Reuters. Forget your hook, line, and sinker. An Israeli food tech company says it has 3D printed the first ever ready-to-cook fish fillet what? using animal cells cultivated and grown in a laboratory. Mm. Lab-grown beef and chicken have drawn attention as a way to sidestep the environmental toll of farming and tack and tackle concerns over animal welfare, but few companies have forayed into seafood. Uh, Israel's Stakeholder Foods has now partnered with Singapore-based Umami Meats to make fish fillets without the need to stock dwindling fish populations. What in the world? So here's the process. Umami Meats extracts cells for now from grouper, from grouper fish, and grows them into muscle and fat. They then add them to a oh, bio ink suited for special 3D printers. The outcome, a narrow fillet that mimics the properties of seacot fish. So, hmm. yummy. That sounds tasty. Yep. Isn't that funny? Like, did we talk on the air the other day about the cloud seeding thing? Yeah. Yes. That was on air, right? Ba- back to back and, episodes now. <laughs> well, and so, but my question is like, we talked about like the ramifications of what that would do to our food. Right. Silver like, iodide. On. Yeah. He, w- it wouldn't do anything, would it? This 3D printing of. No, the silver iodide. Oh, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, now we're talking about the next yeah. level of science stuff where, like, can we just let nature be nature? Well, what's funny is they just talked about growing muscle and fat from an animal. I mean, so you took it from the animal, exactly, but we're not to not harm the animal. It, it'll be a really long time before we see how sustainable something like this is. I just, you remember when we were kids and we would watch cartoons or something, and they'd have 
food in pill form. We're like, hey, we could just be eating you food guys, in pill form Willy one of these Wonka. days. You guys realize what's going on here? We're Once again, a man in Israel has turned one fish into many. Oh, geez. Yes, or at least one fish into another. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, riding on the coattails of the uh, the food story here, a New Jersey mystery. Who dumped hundreds of pounds of pasta yes. and why? I just saw that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, last week, a woman... Okay, a woman... She had met during an ex. Okay, I'm gonna just go from the beginning here. Ever since she met thousands of her neighbors while running for local office a few years ago, uh, Nina said she has been fielding complaints from fellow residents of Old Bridge, New Jersey, a suburban town about 30 miles northeast of Trenton. Typically, they call her hoping she can persuade the town to crack down on fireworks or ATVs or pick up trash left on the curbs. But last week, a woman she had met during that unsuccessful campaign called her to report an entirely different problem. There's a pile of pasta dumped on the side of a stream. Pile of pasta. Yeah, so a scientist by training, uh, Gina here, said she jumped in her car to investigate. What she found, about 30 feet off the road and less than a mile from her own house, uh, she confirmed that this was more than just an overturned bowl of pasta. Someone had apparently dumped hundreds of pounds of spaghetti, macaroni, and alphabet shapes in large piles by the side of a stream in a wooded area. Uh, And it was also uh, a place where they often dump construction materials, bed frames, and furniture. Uh, There was literally 25 feet of pasta that had been dumped. The scene resembled something out of Strega Nona, a classic children's <laughs> book by <Yes>. Tommy DePala, <laughs> about a kindly grandma witch whose magically overflowing pot floods her little town uh, in Italy with pasta. Uh, there was an estimated three to five hundred pounds of pasta that had been left <laughs> to congeal in the woods. Hope nobody's uh, eating dinner while they're yeah, listening to this. Yeah, sorry about that. She documented the pasta with the camera on her phone, emailed a town official to report the fine, and posted the photos on Facebook. Before long, the town was consumed with theories about who might have dumped the pasta and why, uh, especially in a state known for its love of Italian food. Uh, Was it a caterer with a last-minute cancellation for a wedding? A restaurant cooking for a football team that never showed up? Uh, It's still unknown. That's, I did see that, yeah. Yes. Uh, and then finally, something that uh, Justin might be interested in here. So they're going to make a Jeff Healy documentary. If uh, people don't know who Jeff Healy is, famous blind Canadian guitarist. So the estate of Jeff Healy is excited to announce the production of See the Light, the Jeff Healy story, the first official feature-length documentary film on the extraordinary life and legacy of the Canadian music icon. So... Keep a lookout for that. He's a fascinating character. He plays his uh, guitar like a lap steel guitar. He was in Roadhouse, mm-hmm. if anybody's ever seen that. Um, Angel Eyes is you know what probably his best known song, right? So he also plays My Guitar Gently Weeps, a really good rendition of that. Yeah, he showed up for like two or three years there, and then it was kind of over. Yeah, and man, he was he was great. It was it's kind of sad that he was pigeonholed into just a few really well known songs and. Because he, he was really good. He was a really talented guitarist. It always amazes me, um, blind musicians like that. So, of course, you have Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles, 
Ronnie Millsap, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Jeff Healy. I'm I'm missing a bunch, a but uh, it just Don't fascinates me. about Thomas Dolby. Totally in a different wor- world, but Andrea, what's his name? Andrea Bocelli. He doesn't play any instruments that I know of, but that voice. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. And then, uh, Justin, do you want me to play that clip that I sent you? Um, it's kind of still timely. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Oh, the uh, yeah, the guy. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll uh, find it here real quick. So this is a clip that I had sent to, to Justin. That's me. Oh my goodness. Are you serious? It's gone. It's gone. If you go through our text, it's probably up there. Yeah, time. I'm sorry. Was, do, do, it was just a, it, it was it was an afterthought do, do, and I just do, remembered. Do, 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 do. This is great listening. If you're still listening. Okay, here we go. Uh so this is an interview with Larry Summers and John Stewart and they have a little debate about supply, demand, capitalism, uh the uh what would you call it? a wage gap or a Larry return Summers, on investment of employees maybe? Former Secretary of the Treasury? Yes. And John Stewart of course is a dude. A dude? Yep. Name John. Apple TV. Correct. Do you feel that Apple is somehow gouging or doing something wrong? Yes, of course. So, and Exxon is, and okay, Mobile is. So, so let's so talk let about me, Apple. Let's talk about Apple. Do you do you think okay. Apple should just sell phones for less and not have enough phones? What would you have Apple? What would you have Apple do? You're saying to me, John, market forces are market forces, and if demand goes up, are you suggesting, young man? That Apple should charge less than they could charge? Let me flip that on Young you. Man. Hmm. When there's a tightness in the labor market, what you're saying is the workers shouldn't do the same. That the workers, just following the same capitalistic principles that allow Apple to charge more for their phones, shouldn't charge more because wage inflation is driving inflation. Every, that's not at all what I'm saying, John. That's exactly what you're saying. So... I agree with John Stewart in the sense of of this. So every capitalist will tell you that the market corrects itself, right? Every capitalist also right. preaches trickle down economics, these you know Reaganistic uh, principles that go right along with with capitalism. It doesn't always work that way because a lot of companies do not choose to invest back into their employees. And I think that's what they're getting at if I'm deciphering that clip the way that I interpret it. So basically, he's telling Summers there. Summers is making the case that, you know, Apple charges this much for the for the phone. And John is saying, well, they need to make up the gap on if they're going to charge this much, the employees need to see some return on investment from Apple charging that much and not just be paid, you know, this amount of money to dig this crap out of the ground or to assemble these phones or, or whatnot. Right. And that does apply a lot of the time to waged jobs or even salaried jobs. Um, I mean, not only just let's focus on our country, right? Um, say that a company has record profits right and they they love bragging about their record profits to their shareholders and they love showing you the graphs and uh the charts and everything that we have grown this much Mm -hmm. 
But how often do those companies make the autonomous decision that we're going to pass though that growth on to our employees? Rarely. I hey, think. guys, here's a pizza party, right? And like I said, yeah. I'm a capitalist myself. I don't believe in any social socialistic um, policies or agendas or anything like that. I'm a capitalist. But at the end of the day, there are a lot of companies that don't make the right decision when it comes to investing back in their employees. But that's why you have things like the um, the labor unions. This Something such as that is a great case for a union. And I'm not always the biggest fan of unions either, but I do know that they are needed sometimes in situations like that to where you might feel like you're you're getting gouged as an employee. And when you are a, a union member, you do feel like you have certain pull to be able to say, well, you know, right. you need us. So let's negotiate here. Justin can speak more on that than me, obviously being a union member himself. So I don't want to speak for anybody that's a union member, but I mean, what, what do you think? Thank you, brother. Yeah. yeah go right ahead. That's how we talk to each other at the union hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with both of them. If I'm selling phones and you and Megan buy the hell out of them for seven hundred and fifty dollars, next week they're going to be seven seventy five. And if people buy the hell out of them for seven seventy five, I'm going to sell them for. I'm going to keep going until I find my market. Right, because there's there's nothing wrong with uh, maximizing profit there's, either. If people are willing to pay it, that's what I'll sell it for. Exactly. Now on the other side of that, when we went out on strike in uh, Striketober, if everybody remembers that, in late twenty one, uh, we were one of many. Uh, UAW 2366, uh, we considered ourselves capitalist in a form that we were our value. How much are we worth? And we decided that the company is making billions of dollars, literally, and that we deserve more money. And we stood outside for five weeks and we got more money. We got a damn fine contract. And, uh, I was, I was, grateful that it worked out the way it did you're not going to get companies to just out of the kindness of their heart right not very often keep the wage gap the same Mm -hmm. so this is what our company did we went out on strike and we got pretty good raises and we did some other things and when we came back in the company gave all the salary people an eight percent raise you're you're welcome huh yeah you're welcome. You know, all you dear people are welcome. So they're going to keep the wage the same. They're not They're not going to let us come back in and make as much or more than some of the salary people. That's not how it works. That's like the whole concept, though, of raising minimum wage and expecting the price of milk to not go up. Right. Yeah, or, you know, when, which we're living. When McDonald's uh, employees want $15 an hour, you right. wonder why, you know, some people are paying six bucks for a Big Mac, right? I'm, right. And I asked a rhetorical question. You can answer it if you want to uh, I, when we were exchanging texts. But I said, how many companies don't pass on their profits in the guise of capitalistic principles uh, because of the risk of demand dwindling? Yeah. So... You raise the you raise the wages of your employees, sure. right? And then demand dwindles, or the market takes a hit, or whatnot. How many of these companies almost uh, keep their profits as a hostage Poor and you. don't don't pass it on because they're like, oh well, the market's so volatile, and we're sitting on a bubble right now, and the economy sucks right now, and so we're uh, the the market is unsure. So we we just got to hold on to our profits for now. We'll hit you guys on the back end, right? Here, here's something, <laughs> something about the back end again. Here's something to think about. 
we went on strike in uh, October of 2021. John Deere was predicted to make $1.4 or $5 billion of profit. I'm talking about after expenses. I'm talking about pure profit in 2021. They ended up making like 1.65 more. Well, John Deere can pay. We did a six-year contract. This is all the wage hands, right? John Deere could completely pay for our contract in the first quarter of 2022. That's how much our wage, all 11,000 members of the United Auto Workers that are working for John Deere made together, you know, estimated out over, you know, six years. John Deere could pay for the whole six-year contract in one quarter. And in that year, they profited, cleared $1.6 billion. Now, they reinvested in the company, and they bring more work in for us, and that's good. You You can squeeze the tit too hard and dry up the cow. Sure. But our cow is very moist. (laughs) Well, and that's a bad word. Um, I think that your question about like the, the demand dwindling, sure. But I think that's also what keeps the market competitive. Sure. And that you have to constantly be um, upgrading or reinventing or, you know, inventing. Well, like John Deere, they're constantly reinvesting in the company. Well, and, and obviously let's, let's be real here. The company is the one that takes the risk, right? And yep. to a degree, well, yeah. I mean, we to, all take to, a risk. Yeah, I mean, you take a, a risk by Every working somewhere, risk, right? Yeah, but sure. what I'm saying is, as the company that you work for is the one taking the risk. They're the ones making the investments. They're the ones they're you know, research, development, spend all the money to develop the product that you're selling, whatnot. Uh, but I also had a follow up question here, or it's just a statement actually that companies don't mind keeping the wage the same when the demand is good either. So not only maybe are they holding it close to their vest when they're guising this uh, philosophy that, oh, the market is volatile right now, but when the market isn't volatile and the the demand is good, hey, we're just going to keep things status quo, right? Right. Yeah. But... Well, I mean, uh, there's a writer's strike happening in Hollywood. Well, I mean, all of that stuff, right? I mean, yeah. So the MTV Awards are not going to have an audience this year. And um, Drew Barrymore, who was supposed to be hosting, pulled out in solidarity with the writers. Pete Davidson and somebody else are paying some of the writers to, and like feeding them and like taking care of them. Um, Jimmy Fallon and someone else, I don't remember who, is- Jay Leno's a big union guy. Paying their, like their writers extra to like, you know, I mean- it affects every walk. Well, you have teachers unions too. I mean that we, we just saw Oklahoma deal with yeah. that a couple uh, of years and, ago. And some people won't agree with me, but I'd argue that the reason that a non-union guy in some machine shop somewhere is making the money he's making is because unions have been fighting for that shit for years. And those other companies realize that they have to stay competitive it's, or they'll go someplace else. There's a reason why you have labor day off. There's a reason why you have a 40 hour work week. There's a reason why, you, you have, have safety. There's, there's, yeah, it's because people went to the dirt. I mean, look up some shit in Detroit in 1935. They went to the dirt. Uh, Henry Ford, huge piece of shit. I mean, 
was having people beat to within an inch of their life. He's also a big Nazi supporter, so you know, I mean, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm teaching my kids about Charles Dickens right now, and his dad went to debtor's prison, mm-hmm. and when he was ten years old, for like there wasn't a union there, and Dickens survived long enough to you know see that change in there, and so like a lot of the stories that he writes are about that talks about the work the workhouses and yeah the, yeah yeah you'll never watch a christmas carol the same well, way again mm-hmm. uh the wizard of oz the uh right. lollipop guild they represent the labor unions yeah. what are you guys looking at me for <laughs> you we're talking uh what was i had an epiphany the other day about some shit about oh, how uh mm. oh i don't know if you was there or not was you there I don't know. What's the about context? How, especially <laughs> very vague. There's no fallback for me anymore. I am the fallback. Oh yeah. Oh, like, like you're you're our go-to. Yeah, you're your own safety net. Yeah, it used to be if I failed or something, I could go to grandma's or or parents or whatever. Now, man, I'm it. I'm the top of the pile now. So. I don't know if it's a completely different uh, mindset or whatnot, but I remember turning 18 oh, yeah. and going to the the post office, mm-hmm. declaring for the, uh, the, draft. the draft. Oh, I forgot. Uh, you turn my little card in, you know, and also thinking psychologically in the back of my mind that, hey, I'm 18 now. If I mess up, this shit's on me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm an adult now. This isn't any, oh, yeah. I messed up. I'm a minor, though. Mommy and daddy come bail me out type thing. Of course, if I was 18 and I messed up, there's a good chance that mom and dad was mm-hmm. still going to help yeah. me out. But there's this. <laughs> It's this yeah. epiphany that you have that you're like, damn, I'm a big boy now. And uh, <laughs> I have to take care of myself. Yeah, exactly. And We're, then you go through it again when you get married. Yeah. And you have children. Married, like all that. You heard, hey, I'm getting ready to hit 40. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I think that 40, maybe even 35 to 40 is actual middle age of a person. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of people, uh oh. <laughs> what? He's giving her the look. For years, she's been denying that shit. I, well, I mean, look at the average lifespan. Of a person. Nah, we've, I've done this, man. I mean, as as depressing as that is, I mean, the let's look at the average lifespan of a human being, right? I mean, that's weird to think about, though. I I know it is. It is. Can you imagine though? Like at the same token, like life is. I mean, it's short, but also like thinking back, if I live another forty years. That's a long dang time. Like, yeah, think about the forty years that you've lived has thus far. Right, the world has changed. There's Family's a, changed. There's I, a guy at work next month is going to click fifty years. At He's been work? there. He Jeez. started when <laughs> I was eleven months old. So when I first started at my job, and we would pick vacations every year, it would show your start date in the first column next to your name. Mm-hmm. And I was at the Oz bottom of the totem pole there for the longest time we didn't have a lot of uh, turnover at that time but the, uh, the couple of the guys at the top one guy started in 79 mm. and another guy started in 82 Wow! and i would always make a joke of like man, i wasn't even i wasn't even thought of like my parents were barely out of You've high school been here longer than i have been like crazy mm-hmm. i remember when i first started my job when i was um in high school 25 years mm. ago there was a dude that I just thought was old, you know? I mean, I thought all these dudes were like farts, you know, just old dust. And, well, then years later, this guy's going to retire. Well, we have a seniority list floating around. Back then, it had your birthday on it. But uh, 
I went over and looked, and I realized that I was older, standing there looking at that. What we got going on? The fridge, man. Uh, Sounds like a freaking Apache helicopter over yeah, there. Yeah, that thing. I got ripped off on that deal. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. Jeez. The, uh, I was standing there looking at that list, and I realized I was older at that moment that I was standing there looking at that list than he was when I walked in the door. And this guy, I thought, you was thought he was so old. crust, man. Wow. I thought this dude was oh, old as you shit. You guys will appreciate this. We're talking about my students today. I'm like, well, my husband is waiting in line online for Aerosmith tickets, right? And we're talking about like how ancient these guys are. It's like some kid was like, are they going to come out in wheelchair? You know, mm. then out of nowhere, I don't know why they start talking about Jack Black. They thought he was 75. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what, 40? Wow. He's no, 53. I, mean, I was going to say he's probably. I had to yeah. look him up because I was like, he is not 75. I don't know how old he is, but he is not 75. Wow. That's a fascinating guy. It, his, his, uh, the whole life there. His mom crazy. worked for NASA or his something. His dad did, too. They were legit rocket scientists. I crazy. Don't, I don't get the whole Jack Black thing, man. I his, don't get it. His he's humor like or his or appeal? songs. Yeah, I don't get the whole thing. Songs? You're talking about white Jack White. Oh, Jack Black. Sorry. Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> Jack I, White. Jack Black. I, I can understand. I mean, he is in a band, but I don't think that's I, I what you mean. I definitely don't get Jack White. I can understand Seven the Nation contrast. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a black nice, and white deal. Nice. Yeah. I always say I'd like to go see Jack White when he comes to, because he comes to the. Um, he's never coming to Wichita. Okay. And no, we no no we literally looked that up. Remember, Listen, he had never I'm just been there. Say that like your We're title to today tomorrow. needs to be something about. Your musical references, musical chairs, or something like that. What? Um, so you guys have been making song references oh. all night long. Oh, no. the train kept it rolling all night long. Yes, what I was gonna say that is might be it right there. Jack White. Um, he he really likes Tulsa, and so he spends a lot of time there and he supports the baseball team and he's at One Oak Field a lot. Really, yes, I don't like see that. every summer he's there doing like multiple times throughout the year and I would like to just go see him there sometime like I only like a few of his songs that I'm like oh that's you know and I doubt that it sounds the same without well white stripes stuff without you know yeah the other partner there but his whatever not his sister right so you want to talk about being old Megan and I are going to Wichita tomorrow (laughs) and uh we really are and uh we're going to meet a friend of mine up there, known her for years. She's never met Megan. And I haven't seen her since she's had a child, and her child's twenty twenty one. So, I mean, it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. But then I was telling Megan, you know, the history there, and I realized that we was hanging out together 30 years ago. A quarter of my life. I was like, holy shit, a quarter? Three quarters. You're 120. <laughs> three quarters. Three quarters hey, of my life. Well, looking, was, looking good for 120. Flipping that the other way, saying he's it's... You know, a quarter of my life that, uh, yeah, on the other side of that. Yeah, but. man. I yeah. tell you what, getting old is a bitch. It is. It's just funny all the things that hit. That whole, um, what's that theory or the, you know, the saying that youth is wasted on the young? Yeah. <sighs> it's true shit. I mean, I don't know how many of my good years I pissed away right. and didn't appreciate it. And now, you know, groaning at, uh, and, uh, what not and going ah, at every arbitrary little movement get up uh, off the couch i'm like 
Yeah. <laughs> oh no, you already started the old man walk. It's really rough. The old man grunts. It's really rough. I noticed that I was shuffling this morning whenever I. Uh, I don't. How many years ago was it, morning? Justin, that the girls were like, "Oh, it's his old man noises." About ten years ago. <laughs> ten years ago, I we've every only minimal known you for movement. Ten years. Seven, eight years ago. Yeah, the girls totally have a name for it. Old man noises. His old man noises. Mm. I saw myself walking on security camera day. I was. That wasn't good. To me. <laughs> Yeah, you ever catch a a glimpse or something out of like, your uh, peripheral, and you're like, "Who is that old bastard?" Oh, that's my reflection. That's me, yeah, yeah. So, Megan, yes, would, you, would you like a pot off my pot? No, thanks. Okay, you understand what a pot is, oh, then? Boy. Huh? So, you do understand what a pot is? We really needed the English teacher in here the other night. No, I don't. But it sounds like something I shouldn't partake in. So, no. It is okay. It is okay. Unless you're going down the highway and there's a trailer that says non-potable, then you don't want to take care of part in that. Explain to me, Megan. Why is a word that is P-O-T-A-B-L-E pronounced potable? Instead of potable? Mm-hmm. Because there's not a double T. There's not a double T. P-O-T-T. So, okay. Thanks for that explanation. But why would it be called pot? I want to know what a pot is. Is there no E at the end? And did nobody Google? Well, so I looked it up. We, we just we looked up the other night about the pronunciation, right? Yeah. But we didn't actually look up like the derivative and I why did. it would be potable in I that potable. long that long O sound. What's the potable. bass sound? Potable. I mean, what's the right here? Safe to drink. Okay, Drinkable. I understand. Potable. Mm-hmm. What is the base word? What's the root word? I guess yeah, it would be pot, right? I don't or pot. That that's why we were confused the other night. Or I was trying to do research why on the fly. Is, it was not going well. Why is it called potable water? Potable comes from Latin P-O-T-A- <laughs> P-O-T-A-R-E, potare, meaning to drink. The Romans come up with the word and built some of the world's first aqueducts above ground that brought potable water from the mountains. So the word is drink. Mm-hmm. Pote. So would you like a pote off my Sprite? That's how I'm now talking the rest of my life. Because if we're all stupid enough <laughs> to call it potable, we're going to be stupid enough to say, I'd like to have a pote off that. No. Yeah. That's what we're doing. It's over. It's English. Something else okay. stupid you want to talk about real quick. I follow a lot of these Gen X groups, right? Yes, and... Same. A lady the other day said that Kurt Cobain was our Elvis. I almost left the group. Oh, my God. Good night, everybody. What in the hell is wrong with people? Kurt Cobain was my generation's Elvis? No. First of all, Elvis was my generation's Elvis. But what? Why do we give Nirvana so much damn credit who would be our elvis there I mean, is elvis, elvis no didn't elvis. die when he was 27 so like there is no elvis, other than I, elvis. I, well i mean you know that who's the next i mean you could well, say i mean we go to michael jackson michael right? jackson is who i was gonna say but michael jackson was around at the same time as elvis for a lot you know, for a while for yeah. a while for a little while anyway mm-hmm. few years yeah Little's but jackson that doesn't five. i guess he doesn't mean kid, that he's but not. lapped over about what seven eight years probably, probably. yeah that doesn't mean that he couldn't be our generation. I would Elvis. say he's probably the closest, right? I would say Elvis is your first major pop icon. Let's be honest, Elvis didn't really mean a whole lot to 
my generation. Probably like not. Me, like I wasn't. I probably wouldn't have listened if my parents had. Right. Listened, like right? I mean, I listened when my parents were listening, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like I sought out Elvis. Like I sought out the Beatles, yeah. or the Beach Boys. Like I wanted to listen to them. Elvis, I could. Can't I, I still say that sorry, Elvis Shane, was I, the. I love you. I still say that Elvis was the first. Elvis, you know what I mean? Who was before Elvis that was world known? Jerry Lee Lewis, and then he no. screwed himself over. You think he yeah. was bigger than Elvis? Yeah, I think that no. he would have been a giant if he hadn't done the things that he had done. Yeah, but that wasn't really the question I was asking. Before Elvis, who was like Elvis? Because Jerry wasn't like Elvis. Yeah. He might have been like Elvis until he screwed his 13-year-old cousin. You're talking about like a, uh, like a, a funny, worldwide star, you know, well, everybody the, knows him from his first name type thing. The problem is that you're asking a question before... TV? Yeah. I mean, there I'm was still radio. Asking the question. You can't answer it. So he is the first Elvis. He would have to be. Okay, that's all I wanted you to say. Because there would be, I mean... Radio existed, but it, it's not the same thing. Music he was, got a lot of his right stuff from music was almost a you can't uh, see me. I'm shaking my a hips. regional thing back then too. Yeah. You didn't have this widespread, you know, uh, nationwide type right. thing where people traveled around everywhere in like the 20s and 30s and whatnot. Everybody knew who a lot of those uh, jazz musicians were, and uh, who's the who's the like guy Fitzgerald and all that those. went missing that we talked about the other night, Glenn, uh, Glenn Miller. Glenn Miller, You're but cl- that's. It's because they were on the... Your closet hate for Elvis, Megan, is disturbing. I don't have a hate for him. I just... Yeah, I Megan, wouldn't say and that he's, he's a preacher like, now, dang it. Yeah, well, down in Arkansas. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't know I if forgot he about is, that. man. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> Shane's yeah, I mean, lose I don't, it. I know he is. I'm, I'm sorry, Shane. I, I'm not so sure that any Elvis. I don't, like, hate him. I, I just don't Says the care. woman that you don't care about Elvis. Like... It doesn't mean anything to me. We went to Graceland. That was cool. And didn't awesome. wear the earmuffs and listened to the whole damn story by Uncle Jesse. I absolutely did not. I took them off. <laughs> that was probably the best damn audio tour Wrong. I've ever had. Steve Buscemi. I, never mind. You weren't there for that. So you have no, you just don't know what Hold you missed on. out on. What was you trying to compare it to? The Eastern State Penitentiary. No, that's not cool. You don't even know. This was Graceland and it was Uncle Jesse. That should have been a big deal to you, Uncle Jesse. Denver Pyle, right? That was his name. In real life, right? Uncle Jesse from... No, Uncle Jesse from uh, Full House, man. Oh, John Stamos. Stamos. I thought you were talking about Uncle Jesse from uh, Dukes of Hazzard. I'm like, well, okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) See, man, I'm way way older than I actually am. Like, Like, I think I'm Justin's age sometimes. Yeah, like, Uncle Jesse from the Duke. Yeah, he's the one that did the narration. <laughs> well, I thought that would make sense a little bit because, you know, you're in the South. And, yeah. I know that a lot of, like, younger people were in, like, still enjoy Elvis music. I just, my mom and dad, well, my dad really didn't care. My mom didn't listen to it much. She totally was into the Beatles and, you know, I mean, Beach mom Boys. Was and, into the Beatles, too, yeah. Like, that time frame of music she wasn't yeah. elvis is a little old for her even so it wasn't part of my yeah by the time by the time uh your mom and my mom are pretty close in age literally a year apart yes. by the time they got into their own elvis was already doing the uh movies yeah well no that's well until they got into their own that's right because that would have been the very late 60s early 70s yeah he was making movies and he had done his comeback but his 
big time ass shaking girls screaming at him deal and, was kind of already over. Right. And the the sound that they were into I mean, well, who that's like saying that like um Lene currently listens to the Mamas and the Papas. Oh. <laughs> and some of uh what's the song that she's she loves to sing? Um just the two of us and who's that guy? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, just the two of us. Yeah, she What's his name? Uh, that's not uh, Bill Withers, is it? Yes, there it is. Is it? Um, anyway, like, she loves his music. But even then, she's not, like, she's not listening much to, like, the Beatles or anything like that. That I, She has her own thing. There's very little of the Beatles that I think is super cool. A lot of it's kind of corny. will tell you, though, that 90s music is much better than today's music. Hey. Which kind of 90s music? Whatever I was listening to all because of her if it's childhood. like the fucking Ace of Bass, <laughs> he will never let me listen to one Ace of Bass song. It doesn't matter what it is; he turns all it immediately. All I want is another baby. Just turn the channel. <laughs> stupid shit. I was, the stupidest shit. I was is that your kryptonite? Like, God. I was really thinking more that of like or Lenny Kravitz. Whenever that dude comes bones. on, oh yeah, he's. I, want to I, I hate. Lenny me too. Want to get away? Me too. We really are musical chairs tonight. I'm I sorry, guys. Hate Lenny Kravitz, man. Okay, so that's your kryptonite. What's yours? And then I'll share mine because I got one in mind. Like, what like, can I not stand? Yeah, what makes you turn the channel? Like, if we're talking about now, ni- 90s. Oh, 90s. I was going to say yeah. now Guns N' Roses. Um, but that came after a three-hour concert. I I don't know. What do I What do I not? You don't like, okay, you know how Yancey, <laughs> it seems like every <laughs> I, summer or once a year, there's always that big Oh yeah, the, I don't the like it popular. song. Yeah, whatever it is, whatever the main song is, the that song you of see the summer on every channel. Stupid cart Megan, commercials. Megan goes, that, "That's it. That's the popular one. I'm out on it." Yeah, I can't <laughs> off the, stand right them. off the bat. Yeah, I'm the same way. Oh, can't no, no, do I'm, them. I'm just the opposite. Like when, uh, but yet you surround yourself with people who are like that. Whatever you have a friend the, you call B side for a reason. Whatever the man, Portugal, the man had that one song a few years ago. You know that goofy mm. song. I liked it. Oh uh, yeah, you know. I know what you're talking about. Um, I, he's he's not wrong. Like I cannot. Oh, stupid Pharrell. <laughs> yeah, that Pharrell song was good. Mm-mm. Happy. Nope. When you're happy. Stop. Just yeah. stop. That's it right there. <laughs> That's the song I'm going to be playing. Now when on. I die, when I die, he's going to play this. So if we're if like, we're wide open here, great. Song. Uh, anything uh, Luke Bryan comes on the radio. Oh, well, yeah. well, of course, mm-hmm. I don't listen to any Sparkle Butt Jeans uh, radio stations. So, but if any, if I'm in an account and jeans. and one comes on in there and I can't escape it, I have to like deliver myself to another place of this goose <laughs> fraba like place. unicorns. I have to like picture all of this uh, white puffy clouds and whatnot to like, like carry me somewhere else, so I don't have to listen to Luke Bryan in my own brain also smashing pumpkins anything smashing oh. pumpkins comes up. i am kind Despite of with you on that rage. i'm like no oh. there's a no, couple sorry, of i'm not gonna lie i like that song no. but there's a couple of songs i can't stand his whiny voice yeah we're gonna get all the haters on this great episode, technical guys. band i mean they're a good I, band but damn i used to not like bush until we went to rocklahoma i used to change After, the channel i used to love bush I until we went to rocklahoma change the oh. channel on bush and it's not even their fault they had to fill in the time gap before axel rose would come take the stage so an hour long brought his douchey guitar bush player. concert of one song that they played <sighs> i loved bush pre-rocklahoma <laughs> shut up <laughs> 
It's the gift. Can't that keeps say <laughs> oh, these jokes can't write themselves. Say anything. If you're still with us, <laughs> good shit. Yep. I don't know. I like Bush you, now. You made fun of '90s music. I'm talking about like, well, for sure, In Sync and Backstreet Boys. You're talking right? about because lithium. That's like, and yeah, well, lithium and like, I mean, Turbo. Pink was, it's yeah. like late nineties, early two thousands. If you come to my garage, usually lithium is usually on the thing because it's the overall. Mm-hmm. But I do like some turbo. When did Lincoln Park start up? Because like that was one of those two thousand, early two thousand one, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, like that's my early nineties. Whereas I, I wasn't old enough to care. Mm-hmm. But you know, late nineties, early two thousands. That's lithium. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't play a lot of pop stuff on the fan. Did you get into, because uh, you were a semi-grunge fan. Pop of course, pop. you're a Alice in Chains fan like I am. But the post-grunge thing, did you get into a lot of that? You're talking uh, about like... Candlebox, uh, Silverchair. Stone uh, Temple Pilots. Stone Temple Pilots. You know, a lot yeah. of that post-stuff. Collective yeah. Soul, Live. Yeah. Oh, Collective I mean, it was on- it was on the. It was. Hey, <laughs> like, what? It's yeah. my. It's my second favorite band of all time. I was. I almost <laughs> added to your meme earlier. Don't forget Collective Soul. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I liked it. It was on the radio. You got to remember, Z one hundred four point five was just playing the hell out of that shit. Yeah. For, a long time. So I think that that really did a good job bridging the gap between grunge and then we got that crap that came around in the late 90s oh no. and early 2000s there where everything go. sounded the same. Oh, you want to talk about Creed? Okay. So I saw you. you I saw you. Mean. Advent of, you know, Creed and Nickelback and a lot of the just these canned bands that just really kind, kind of... of- feel like they phoned it in they all really ran together right Le- well and i don't think part of the same crew but legitimately breaking benjamin is the same yes. way they yep. have the same breaking benjamin three days grace yeah uh that's the newer genre of that though right, right it's but that's like, but i feel like they passed the they torch the, on to their the, yeah. yeah the tail end i, I guess you could throw uh shine down in there see there a lot of those bands that you kind of and though i like i like some of those bands mm-hmm. but i mean they kind of got songs are the mixed into this muddy mash of of really sounding systematic and maybe for radio play right yep i'm sure it was because it sold so why change it yes see there's very radio friendly and so is shinedown Mm -hmm. yeah but i've seen both in concert dare say shinedown wins that concert like not maybe well they shinedown is a a good show but i just mean like we saw them uh, they were big when we saw them, but Shine Shinedown. Yeah, what eight years ago? Yeah, like they were big, but like now the they're height, like height of their actually astronomical. Well, I think. so I think Shinedown now, especially after old uh, uh, Smith, yeah. whatever his first name is, I, don't, I Brent, can't remember. Brent yeah, Smith. Brent Smith. Thank you. He kind of went through his issues, mm-hmm. uh, you know, addiction and whatnot. Came out on the other totally side. Totally changed Man. his whole persona wow. listen to the lyrics of their songs these days i mean yeah. that song daylight mm-hmm. is i mean i'm a lyrics guy and listen to the lyrics of that song and how profound that song is that is. the one about the woke shit from about a year ago uh no that was planet zero oh yeah that's right the daylight one was talking about either his you can interpret it one of two ways you could either interpret it as 
us going through COVID and coming out on the other side or his addiction and him coming out on the other side. We just listened to a song on the way home, uh, Fly on the Inside or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's a great song. Fly from the Inside. Fly from the Inside. That's a great song. Yeah. You know what's funny, though? You said that you're a lyrics guy. Mm -hmm. There seems to be you're either a lyrics guy or you're a music guy. Like, I know that there are people, you probably do both because you play, right? So, like, people who play in bands or music or instruments tend to listen to that a little bit more but then there are people who say that like they don't listen to the lyrics at all i'm like how do you do that how do you just yeah. enjoy the sound without listening to the lyrics to because driving down the road do you know what they're saying yeah and usually when i say that <laughs> usually when i say that it's because they're saying something completely atrocious stink well, fist <laughs> i mean yeah come on it's like, I don't necessarily need to know what they're saying, man. It's the tune. But on the other side of that, you didn't know that P.O.D. was a Christian band until you yeah, listened so, to their lyrics. So it's, it's exactly the same. It doesn't matter. Listen to the it's lyrics. just the music. I wonder if the, some of those same people that don't listen to lyrics, I though, didn't get a message from either one of them. They use message. lyrics as filler. Like, oh, the song has to have lyrics, though. Like, I wonder if those same people like people like uh, Steve Vai or Eric Johnson or somebody like that, uh, Dream Theater, where half know. of it isn't lyrics anyway. I know he does. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I know, I know you do. Yeah. But I mean, I wonder if oh, that's... Oh, he's a- legitimately that guy. He does not... Like, he might listen to the lyrics now, but when I first met him, he, he just didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, of course he had songs that he knew the words right. to them, but he's not really like thinking about the lyrics well and there's nothing wrong with having an appreciation for yeah. just uh instrumental type stuff but whenever there is a song with lyrics and then just totally ignoring them maybe or not taking them into account whenever you are listening right. to the song well, for some kind of context i'm a I'm but, an english teacher i'm a writer like that's my that's my thing right? right so i'm all about the lyrics and the music is almost secondary right well you would acknowledge too that there are plenty of songs that <laughs> The, the song sounds great, but the lyrics are crap. Right. And then vice versa. These profound, great, uh, in-depth lyrics in this song, song is totally bad. unappealing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, all the time. That's why every song's not going to be a perfect song. Right. We, Justin and I had a discussion uh, just not that long ago about how... Who, who was that we were talking about? Um, he gets the music and writes the lyrics or vice versa. I believe, who it, we was, talking about? I believe it was Maynard. Huh. Was it? Most... Most yeah. successful artists, if they don't write it themselves, that seems to be how it works. Right, right. They get the music and they write to it. Yeah. I, I think crazy. what was interesting is they're towards the end of, let, let's talk about Alice in Chains for a second. So Lane Staley kind of distanced himself from the band, right? And um, Jerry Cantrell had taken a lot of the songwriting duties over along with a lot of the, the lyrical duties too. If you listen to right. like Sap or Jar of Flies or whatever, you listen to a lot of Jerry Cantrell. There's a heavy influence to Jerry Cantrell. One of my favorite, no, actually, my favorite Alice in Chains song is mostly Jerry Cantrell. It's no excuses. Because mm-hmm. Jerry Cantrell is singing lead on that song, and Lane Staley is... is uh, but you know, his way through it? He, no, he sounds good, but... There you go. Song with zero words. I didn't mean to turn it up on you in the middle. You guys picked no, up right. on it. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I was just saying that the dynamic of that band towards the end was Jerry would write a little bit, send it up to Lane. Lane would work on it a little bit, send it back to Jerry. Do you remember hearing well, that Lane story? Lane didn't have no damn teeth. 
No. Yeah, but he still write the lyrics. Yeah, they're towards the end. <laughs> so he did. They were supposed to start a super group around nine. I think it was in ninety nine, and they did another brick in the wall, and it was Tom Morello, I believe, was the guitarist from Rage Against the Machine. I yeah, I don't like him either. I I don't even think he's that great of a guitarist, but he's the millionaire, and I'm not. But uh, so as Tom Morello started this band, and then it had some other heavy hitters. I don't remember who they are, but if you listen to that, they actually had to go in and produce heavily produce that song, turn all the knobs because Lane had no teeth. Yeah, he weighed like eighty pounds. There's pictures of him in that in the studio. It's really sad. But I wonder at some point why didn't somebody just say like, all right, let's let this. You know, like, were they trying to give him something to live for? Or do you just try, are they just bleeding him dry? Like, trying to, like, well, get as much as they possibly going, could from him. Trying to drag him out of whatever hole he was in. Because his fiance had died. Mm-hmm. And he reclused himself into his apartment. He's playing video games all the time. Mike Starr would go over there and hang out. Mike mm-hmm. Starr was actually the last guy to see him alive. And... He left one night. They got into an argument or something like that. Mike Starr left, and Lane said, "No, Mike, don't leave. Not this way." And that was the last time anybody saw him. And then, that's rough. Yeah. So Mike Starr, he, he actually a few years later went on celebrity rehab, tried mm-hmm. to get clean, mm-hmm. and man, that that came up, and that was like kind of the genesis. Maybe not the genesis, but that was a big factor in his addiction. Was the guilt? You want to hear what it sounds Cyclical. like? A man sings rock and roll with no front teeth. Oh, jeez. Listen for the S's. Yeah. Be some pretty quick too. Right off the bat. Said suffering, I knew him when fell with a friend of mine. Major lisp. Yeah. Great freaking song. Dude had no teeth. No. Had no front teeth. Man, talk about lyrics. Yeah. And well, songs. Yeah, I mean, a, that's a they're a huge lyrical. Yeah, band. and most of it, there was a interview one time about, they asked Lane about glorifying uh, drug use, and he was really offended, and he talked about, this isn't glorifying drug use, this is fighting it. Yeah. You know, having this addiction and well, fighting against it. That's what Mad Season was. It was supposed to be a therapy session, yep. and it didn't really work. No, it didn't, because two of those guys ended up dying of drug overdoses. Yeah. Jeez. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to be a way to get them all together and not uh, do drugs. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to me. Like, ha- So many people think that celebrities, wealthy people, have have everything, right? It cannot be said any any more clearer that money doesn't buy happiness. Money doesn't buy peace, success, fame, all of that doesn't do anything to make a person comfortable in their own skin, feel accepted, feel like they're not alone in the world. So many people, especially celebrities, I mean, I know it's like a a worldwide thing that, that drug addiction is a, you know, it's a thing, but man, these celebrities who seemingly have it all end up in these types of situations Right. Killing themselves, like. Well, I was I was talking to somebody recently about those uh, lottery winners. You've mm-hmm. seen the documentaries oh, yeah. of people who go from piss poor to winning the lottery, and then right back to piss poor. They don't know how to handle it. Exactly, and it, there nothing nothing comes with that except like pain. Stuff. Well, and stuff. at the end of the day, I mean they they pretty much ruin their lives. There there was one that I was watching. This man woman, they were poor, but they were 
happy, happily married, whatnot. They, they won the lottery and like both of them, one of them or both of them ended up going to jail Jeez. because they ran out of money. So they started embezzling or laundering and then money you're or used whatever. To it and you're like, I got to keep this money. Exactly. Jeez. I think probably, um, have you ever seen that interview with Sylvester Stallone? He talks about Rocky and how the studio, Sylvester Stallone wrote it, obviously, and he wanted to act in it. Oh, he wanted right. to be he wanted to be right. Rocky. So the the studio had other things in mind. The studio he was presenting it to had something else in mind. They wanted to just buy it from him. They're like, hey, we'll just buy you out. We have somebody else in mind for the role. I think he ended up going maybe to another studio, and they said the same thing. Oh, we'll give you like two hundred thousand dollars for the script which in 1973 four whenever he was trying to yeah. to sell the script or to you know present it not really sell it outright but he said no i'm gonna i'm gonna bet on myself you know he was piss poor like he had nothing he was eating scraps right mm. and uh he ended up betting on himself uh to fail whether he would <laughs> fail or not right and he was like i just i wasn't willing to to sell out and he bet on himself, and it turned out, you know, guess that worked fine. Out but uh, yeah, I guess that's the risk you take, huh? But well, I, what I was getting at was he said that I've been poor pretty much my whole life. I won't miss it yeah. if if this doesn't work. I won't miss it because I'll just continue to be poor. Just live like I am. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. Kind of went all over the rails tonight, didn't we? It's all right. Yeah, listen, go off of them. I guess that's it. All right. Don't forget, go to WKOPodcast.com and leave money. That's why you're going there. You're going there your sole to leave money. Because we need your money. It's just how it is. Yeah, I mean, we're not Aerosmith. No. I'll sell I you mean, a ticket. if you want to treat us like Aerosmith. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're uh, going to Wichita, and uh, we will be back sometime in the Poor middle Justin. of the week. Justin. Mm-hmm. He's doing this just for me, guys. I'm sure that we. I will hear about this for the next five years. He's just I went to the last concert, concert for, for you too. What was the last concert? Uh, uh, the one Alter the downstream, Bridge. Alter Bridge. Yeah, almost, almost passed went away. To that one for me. Yeah, I have. I give zero shits about Alter Bridge. Well, when we first got those tickets, Red was supposed to be there. Oh yeah. And then Red, it they they made their last show the one right before they got to us, and somebody else flipped in. Whoever that other. Pistols at dawn. Yeah, pistols at dawn. I know everybody's waited with baiting breath or baited breath for a, a, the concert story this time. You know, I'll let you there know won't fights be, he uh, gets into. There won't. No, I won't be in crowd, fights. I crowd dispersing. The uh, you almost passing out and get all kinds of medical advice no, uh, story. I'm, we're going to one of the best venues. I think it's the best for this concert. Is it like, the Cotillion? Is it, that is. What it is. Yeah. yeah. So like, we'll have seats. I'll be up on a little ledge, so I'm taller than I. I'll be sitting on my ass. She's like, I'm taking a milk crate. Like I don't, I don't even need that because I'm, oh. I'm like right on the edge, and like I'm right on the edge. Um, it thinks living on the edge. <laughs> like our, the tables are around the, the um the edge of the you upper ledge there, or whatever right? you know. Round, so round sound, yeah. it's it's an awesome place a, for a concert. It's a purpose built place, and it's yeah, very cool. It's fantastic. Yeah. So, anyway, that should all go well. Yep. Cool. All right. Uh, We'll see you guys later. Goodbye.